Father God, we thank you that you seek and save what's lost, us. And uh, we hear your voice uh, and uh, sense your nudge and prompting uh, when you get to work within us. So we pray that that's what we will feel now. Sense your nudge, your prompting, as we look at your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to look, by the way, at our first reading, uh, James chapter 3, continuing our series in James. It's on page 1402 in the Church Bibles. I hesitate to speak to anybody about taming the tongue. It's a subject with which I approach really with uh, due humility because God's there in the car uh, when hearing what I say to other drivers sometimes. Some of you know that's one of the biggest challenges I face. And uh, with that in mind, I come to this subject with great humility. I find James 3 very challenging. And my mind goes back to Tom's words about, about the book generally, just about how challenging the whole of the book of James is. We're on chapter 3 this morning. And uh, let's have a a look at our next picture, which is about a tongue being tamed. Uh, I I don't suppose any of us have had had quite this experience, but if you just bite your tongue by accident sometimes, it hurts like bilio. The tongue is a small thing, as we said earlier on with the kids, but it has a huge effect. Now, coming to this subject, just the first verse and a bit ought to be enough to make me shut up and sit down, or it could be. Not many of you should presume to be teachers, my brothers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. I could say, here and end of today's lesson and sit down. There are plenty of reasons why I would be prompted to shut up and sit down, but I know that God hasn't uh, given up on me and the whole business of taming my tongue, so I'm going to carry on. The reason I won't shut up and sit down is because James has something to say here. I believe God has something to say here, and I want us to unpack that together. Now, some of the images that uh, we touched on with the children. James uses uh, three vivid word pictures, uh, and um, uh, Peter and Steve saw what I said, said about that in the uh, program at uh, Pool Town yesterday, and it's, so look, for the rest of you, you might want to look at my blog on the website. Uh, this week because I've got something to say about each of these three. But anyway, all three illustrations make the point that something small can have a huge impact. Look at the, just you can only really see the end of it, the little dot, the bit in the horse's mouth. Well, actually, when attached to a bridle over the horse's head and maybe to a pair of reins in, in that, the hands of the rider, then that little thing in the horse's mouth makes it possible to steer the horse. So the whole horse and the rider and anything they're pulling behind them 
uh, can be steered that way. It's a small thing with a huge effect. James says our tongues are like that bit. They're small, but they have a huge impact. And he goes on. The second word James uses uh, is in verse 4. The picture is he talks about it like a rudder on a boat or a ship. On the left there, you can see there's uh, an older boat with a wooden rudder. It's quite small. On the right, uh, there's a a huge, something huge, a huge ship, uh, a new one being built. Uh, And the rudder isn't even visible above the waterline there, but it is really, really important. Uh, It has a huge impact in steering that ship. Actually, this impact is so important that nowadays, uh, uh, naval architects, shipbuilders usually usually put the rudder just behind the propeller to maximize its effect. So you've got, got the full flow of the water coming out of the propeller being driven over, over the rudder, maximizing its effectiveness. It's a relatively small thing compared to the ship as a whole, but it is disproportionately important. The third word picture that uh, James uses uh, to describe the tongue he says it's like a little spark which lights a huge fire. Now recently some of us have been watching on our televisions uh, the devastating fires uh, raging in the Amazon. They're huge. You cover hundreds, thousands of square miles. They're huge. They're started by a tiny spark. James likens the tongue to that spark and he says a tongue a little spark can corrupt a whole person and indeed it can corrupt the whole course of a life. Uh, I mentioned uh, in my blog that uh, actually one of the saddest things I've ever seen and heard was a young, stressed, single mum turning around to their, their child they were walking with on the pavement long before I came to Paul, so don't worry, I'm not pointing anybody in there. Uh, but um, she turned around and said, I hate you. I never wanted you. Now, to me, that's tragic. Because that I, I will remember that to my dying day. But imagine her son. He will remember that to his dying day. Words are very powerful things. Set a whole forest on fire. One spark goes out. Sometimes one or just a few words can do exactly that. Now we can tame our pets. It says all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles. There aren't many reptiles. I suppose tortoises and turtles and snakes maybe. Uh, but uh, a, a pet. But uh, a bit, some of them are tamed. Um, animals, birds, reptiles, creatures of the sea, they won't be tamed. I suppose dolphins are trained in pools and things like that sometimes, but um, humanly speaking, we can't do that taming with our tongue, can we? We, we might try, but uh, we don't manage it. 
In verse 9, James notes that we use our tongues to praise God. We've already been doing that this morning in, in song. That's a good thing, of course. And there's a family in that picture that just uh, praising God. But we also do what he says in verse 10. We use that same tongue, not just to praise God, but to say horrible things to other people, maybe even about other people. James is very clear what he says about what he's observing here. He says, this should not be. Not, I quite understand the circumstances, difficult, blah, blah, blah. He says, this should not be. Uh, I think one of the saddest things I, I think in society is I, I you know, so many people say OMG without thinking about it or God this, God that and Jesus uses an exclamation and swear words and they think that's okay James would say the same thing there he'd say this should not be so that's the different ways we use our tongue. How can we train them? Well, what we've seen so far is uh, maybe insightful, but medically speaking, it's about diagnosis. It's not yet treatment. And it's frustrating that James seems to change tack at this point. But we'll see that what he says next about wisdom is actually relevant to what he's just said about the tongue. Um, I think that partly for, for our treatment about taming the tongue, then we can we can look at uh, the what James says next. In verses 13 to 18, what he does is he compares false, worldly wisdom to just the way things are might include things like taking the Lord's name in vain and so on, um, with true godly wisdom. Worldly wisdom and godly wisdom. He urges us to steer clear of what's worldly and to cling on to and adopt what's godly in the way we use our tongues and in many other things too. Now, uh, many of you know I had a, a little mishap in the holidays this year. Uh, I said that, uh, I said last Sunday that there's a lot in James that's about actions, things you can do, a few things I've been doing recently on this screen, various exercises for people who've uh, dislocated their shoulders. But actually, it, James is not just about doing things, it's about the reason for doing those things. True wisdom is God's wisdom after all. Now a stranger watching my life over the last few weeks would, would see me doing some strange things, walking up to walls, uh, doorways, even pillars in this church. Some of you might have seen it and kind of stretching my arm out. It won't quite go all the way up yet but um, uh, it's kind of getting there. Um, and you might think really strange. What's this guy doing? Well, he's doing these things, obviously, for a, for a reason. And uh, I think there are things that we can actually do with our tongues that are for that reason. Training. Uh, uh, 
in this chapter, actually, one of the things that um, uh, James says about the one that we can we can harbour uh, not good thoughts, and we can use our tongues to do that. Actually, the more we train our tongues to not do that, uh, the, the the less we harbour those thoughts. It's about treatment, but it's not just but treatment. Isn't of course just about uh, doing this stuff, um, both physically and spiritually. Doing this stuff is not enough. Even physically, I'm not doing my exercises on my own. Uh, I have sessions, of course, with a physio and uh, under the oversight of a consultant. Spiritually speaking, it's kind of similar. Uh, James writes a lot about us and our efforts. But behind these, he wants us to keep praying, keep in touch with the source of godly wisdom, as he calls it. Spending time with God. It's a bit like me, I suppose, in one time I suggest. It's a bit like having sessions with the physio and the consultant who can't even know what they're doing. And there's something else. Uh, something uh, that you'll recall I've said the last couple of weeks uh, going back to chapter 1 verse 21 talks about having God's word planted in us Um, just spending time in prayer with God is not enough we need to spend time reading his word I'm I'm like that even with my treatment regime Um, there's a few pictures up here this is my current instructions. Uh, and there are some good stick men drawings by uh, my physio here who told me what to, what to, what to do and uh, various, various things. Um, but actually, I can just wave around this bit of paper. But actually, more important is this. This is what needs to be planted in us, the word Hopefully, the, uh, what, what, what's written on this bit of paper will have some impact in time to come. But way more important than that is the uh, impact of the written word of God. My last picture is this one. James says that when we combine godly actions with godly wisdom, the word, and God's power, praying for his Holy Spirit, to get to work in us, then the result is godly fruit. So I want to finish with this uh, picture on the screen of fruit, but with a cross at its heart. The fruit is partly about humility. Uh, Verse 1 and 2 I've read. Verse 13 kind of says the same thing. It's something about humility that comes from wisdom. Not the other way around, notice. Uh, if you Google it, you get, get quite a lot coming the other way around. But actually, being wise means you be humble. Uh, the, uh, the Bible often says, the Old Testament, the repeating phrase really is, um, the, be- the fear of the Lord, respect for the Lord, is the beginning of wisdom. So humility is a fruit, but... Uh, Uh, Being considerate and full of mercy are also fruit. Uh, Look at verse 17. Uh, They're listed there. There's some other things too, of course. Um, And verse 18, we go on. We've got 
peacemaking, a harvest of righteousness. Next Sunday is going to be our Harvest Festival. And uh, we'll be um, decorating the building a bit and um, bringing up our offerings and, and that, that sort of thing. Celebrating all that God gives us. We'll be thinking mostly about food. But in Jesus, God gives and builds up in us. These, this word with which this chapter ends, the harvest of righteousness. It's a righteousness that we don't deserve. It's a righteousness, right, being right with God because of Jesus. Let's give him a fruitful harvest in our own lives. And let's pray to him now. Lord, thank you that you offer a new stock. However many times we've blown it with our tongues. We're sorry for the times when we have done that. Misused our tongues. And the way we, we things we've said might have revealed poison within. Jesus talked about that. But that is what comes out of our mouth. It uh, shows what's going on inside. Sorry for the times when our tongues have been that spark that started a wildfire. We pray for these, that you will help us to be different. Have that word planted in us so that our words will reflect that. Our deeds, our actions reflect that. Time praying with you. as your junior partners. You're the senior partner, Lord, and we want to be your junior partners working with you. In Jesus' name.